AfterBuzz TV's Chief Operating Officer, Phil Svitek, comes a weekly digital series that shares his insights, concepts, and findings from years of learning and mentorship. Welcome to Phil Svitek Podcast. Welcome. I truly, truly appreciate you taking the time to check out this episode today. If you assumed I'm Phil Svitek, you are correct in your assumption. I've been AfterBuzz TV's Chief Operating Officer since its inception back in 2011. For those unfamiliar with AfterBuzz TV, it is a leader in TV discussion. In fact, we've been dubbed the ESPN of TV talk. Today, though, I'm not going to talk about TV, but rather another one of my passions, which is movies. In particular, I'm going to do something different today and do a scene study of Eli Kazan's On the Waterfront, starring the one and only Marlon Brando. What's On the Waterfront? Come on. I'm sure you've heard of it. It's the very famous movie where Brando says, I could have been a contender. Which, of course, has been imitated hundreds of times. I could have been a contender. I could have been a contender. Today, though, I want to focus on a scene that, to me, is equally as powerful, but not as well cited. To understand the full impact of the scene, there's a little background context regarding the plot. Warning, spoilers ahead. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Dock worker Terry Malloy, played by Marlon Brando, had been an up-and-coming boxer until powerful local mob boss Johnny Friendly persuaded him to throw a fight. When a longshoreman is murdered before he can testify about Friendly's control of the Hoboken waterfront, Terry teams up with the dead man's sister, Edie, and the streetwise priest, Father Barry. Terry, against the advice of Friendly's lawyer, who happens to be Terry's older brother, Charlie, testifies in court against Friendly and his waterfront mob. This is where the scene I want to highlight picks up. Terry knew by testifying that the mob would end up against him, but he never expected the very people he was trying to help to despise him for his actions. In this scene, even the kids who once looked up to Terry hate him for what he did and aren't afraid to let him know. A pigeon from pigeon! That's Edie, who has now become Terry's love interest. Right here is where Terry questions everything. He's so defeated. His whole life he was told how stupid he was, that he was a bum. Boxing was the only thing he felt he had a shot at, and even that was taken away from him in order to make a few bucks. He went along with it out of a sense of duty to someone else, specifically Johnny Friendly. And now it's even worse. By testifying against the mob and Johnny, he wasn't trying to be a hero. He just wanted to do the right thing, as they say, to help his fellow longshoremen by not keeping D&D, which is a term from the movie meaning deaf and dumb. So how does Terry react in this moment? Terry, there's no place that's safe for you now on the waterfront. Maybe inland, out west someplace, a farm. A farm. Hearing these words from Edie create epiphany for Terry. Even though she keeps on talking, he realizes what must be done. And they just turn their backs and stick to their stupid D&D. Are they taking chances for you? Why should you? You're not even listening to me, are you? Terry's transformation is so profound, not even Edie, who loves him, understands Terry's true motives. You're going down there. That's because John Fanley warned you not to. You're going down there. You think you gotta prove something to them that you're not afraid of them or something? Well, go ahead. Get it over with. 
go down the shape of and get yourself killed. You stupid pig-headed, what are you trying to prove? Furthermore, she's actually more thrown off by this whole ordeal than him. Edie has been the audience surrogate learning the ins and outs of the waterfront. More specifically, the behaviors and the culture. The fact that she's ready to walk away from all this showcases her belief that things can't change on the waterfront. Pun intended. But Terry believes something different. They always said I was a bum. And I ain't a bum, Edie. Don't worry, I'm not gonna hurt nobody. I'm just gonna go down here and get my rights. With that, he said what he needed to say. Edie understands what he means, and Terry goes down to the docks and- Hold up. You can't spoil the entire movie for the people. Let them see the ending for themselves. In fact, for those interested, we've provided an Amazon link for you to be able to directly purchase the movie. The best part is that by doing so, this show gets a kickback from the sale. And no, it doesn't cost any extra. It's a win-win. You get the movie, we get some funds for the show. So please, if you're going to buy the movie, do so using the Amazon link provided below. Enjoy the movie. Julia, you're right. So we just watched a great scene from a movie regarded as one of AF5's top 100 films. But why? If you've made it this far, it's because you trusted me enough to explain the takeaways of this scene and how you can apply them in your life. So thank you for that trust. See. Like I quoted Robert McKee in my last lesson, Stories are the creative conversion of life itself into a more powerful, clearer, more meaningful experience. They are the currency of human contact. For more on this specific quote and its meaning, check out that episode. The link is provided below. But I digress. Hopefully you've already discerned some meaning from this scene already for yourself. If you have, great for you. Here are the lessons I learned when I watched this scene. First off, it teaches us the true meaning of helping others. If you're doing something selfless, we have to do it without expectations. We can't expect rewards or praise of any kind. Those may come, but they shouldn't be expected. In fact, Stephen Pressfield in his book, The War of Art, teaches us that we have a right only to our labor, not to the fruits of our labor. In that moment, when Terry says he's going to get his rights, He's not just doing it for himself. He knows it's the right thing to do for everybody. He doesn't know the outcome, but that doesn't matter to him anymore. He doesn't concern himself with what people think of him. They can call him a bum all they want. He knows the only way he'll truly be a bum is if he continues to listen and do what others expect of him rather than what he knows what he wants to do and needs to do. David Foster Wallace also speaks about the importance of helping others selflessly in his speech, This is Water. In it he says, The really important kind of freedom involves attention, and awareness, and discipline, and effort, and being able truly to care about other people and to sacrifice for them, over and over, in myriad petty little unsexy ways, every day. That is real freedom. For most of his life, Terry blindly did what Johnny Friendly and his brother Charlie told him to do. He thought this was the right thing to do, but it wasn't. It was just the easiest for him. The entirety of On the Waterfront is about Terry becoming free of Johnny Friendly. This is a metaphor for gaining freedom in all aspects of his life. By saying the line he says to Edie, he's saying that he's going to become free. He's standing up for himself, yes, but he's also helping the longshoremen, regardless of how they may feel about it initially. 
And as Wallace's quote also says, that kind of freedom involves attention and awareness. Terry certainly embodies both of those. The second aspect this scene relays to us is to not run away from our problems and instead face them head on. I find people try to constantly escape. That can be in the form of social media surfing, down the YouTube rabbit hole, or just going out with friends when a person knows he or she can't afford the time or the money to do so. It can be avoiding certain emails or phone calls altogether, sometimes even people. Kevin Belson just walked in. <laughs> but at the end of the day, all you're doing is avoiding something. Eventually, it'll come to pass. By avoiding it, the issue can escalate further. And most oftentimes, the problems you're avoiding aren't that big to begin with. What makes them monumentous is not the problem itself, but you. Ever hear the quote, No matter where you go, there you are. It's a way of saying you can't escape your own thoughts. And your thoughts are what escalate these small problems into big ones. In the scene shown from On the Waterfront, Terry chooses not to run away from his problems. He faces them head on. How he manages to do so is twofold. One, he believes in himself. He does away with everyone's viewpoint of him and knows he is capable of so much more. He listens to his own inner voice about what is right and what is wrong regarding the mob. He listens to himself about what must be done. Not even Edie, whom he loves, can convince him otherwise. The second reason he chooses to face his problems head on is because he stops blaming others for his problems in life. By listening to other people his whole life, he had no control of it. When people said he was a bum, they were actually right because he allowed others to dictate his life. Ironically, they too were allowing that in their own lives. Anyway though, the spirit of blaming someone else is best encapsulated in the famous I could have been a contender scene. In that earlier scene in the film, Terry blames his brother for his problems in life. You was my brother, Charlie. You should have looked out for me a little bit. You should have taken care of me just a little bit so I wouldn't have to take them dives for the short end money. In the scene I'm showcasing today, Terry can't fall back on that anymore. That's because, well, sorry, major spoiler alert, Charlie is dead. Terry has no choice but to accept responsibility for his own life moving forward. There's a great quote from Charles Swindoll about this very notion. The full quote goes as such. Attitude to me is more important than facts. It is more important than the past, than education, than money, than circumstances, than failures, than successes, than what other people think or say or do. It is more important than appearance, giftedness, or skill. It will make or break a company, a church, a home. The remarkable thing is we have a choice every day regarding the attitude we will embrace for that day. We cannot change our past. We cannot change the fact that people will act in a certain way. We cannot change the inevitable. The only thing we can do is play on the one string we have, and that is our attitude. I am convinced that life is 10% what happens to me and 90% how I react to it. And so it is with you. We are in charge of our attitudes. Terry embodies this quote in that moment brilliantly. Now, will you go and get your rights and take ownership of your life? Or will you continue to blame others and let other people dictate how you spend your precious time on this earth? I leave that to you. A few final things before you click away to watch previous lessons from Bell. 
first, the transcript of this episode is available in the description. Again, if interested in seeing Eli Kazan's On the Waterfront, click the Amazon link below to purchase it. That way you get a great film and we get a portion of the sale at no cost to you. And be sure to leave a comment with any thoughts, opinions, or questions you may have so Phil or I can respond. Please be sure to hit that like button and let your friends and family know about it. If you'd like to be notified when future episodes release, be sure to subscribe on either Apple Podcasts or on YouTube. Lastly, if you're a new host in the LA area and would like to join AfterBest TV, visit AfterBest TV's contact page. A direct link is provided. Or, of course, you can tweet at Phil Speedtech or Instagram me at Bonjour Juliet. Thanks for watching. I'm Julie Babert, a producer on the show, and we'll see you next time with another one of Phil's life lessons.